Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 22 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is the first time that you're tuning into this program, I just want to give you a brief understanding of the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a show that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. I want to offer you hope and encouragement through stories each week of people that are focused on servant leadership and honoring God. Because when you do that and you focus on being a servant leader, blessings just naturally follow as a byproduct of that. Because our focus should not be on money, but should be on seeing a need and then feeling that need. Because regardless of your background and your talents, we are all ministers called with special gifts that are given to us by God. Because when you look at the grand scheme of things, serving is for everyone in all walks of life. And we've seen that demonstrated by previous guests in all of the episodes prior to today's show. You've heard people from the military, servant leaders in business, in faith, in community, and family. And last week, we had two servant leaders in the area of faith, Mr. Dan Tarrant, who talked about the importance of making a personal decision for Jesus Christ and how that can affect your life and being personally Catholic. And subsequent to him, Chaplain Sean Callahan talked about his journey as a chaplain and the importance of discipleship. So just a little bit about me that's relevant to today's show. I'm a member of Kingsway Church. I have been for about the past five years, and I currently serve there as the academic director for Kingsway Leadership School. And so as a result of the relationships that I've formed there, and as I mentioned, I had an opportunity to engage in a serve project last week. Uh, I have two really incredible servant leaders in the area of community for us today. Miss Cynthia Caldwell. She's an artist and a former teacher. She's also a mother and a grandmother. She's a graduate of Kingsway Leadership School and the coordinator of multiple local serve projects. The other guest who's going to be on at the same time as Cynthia for a shared conversation is Karen Escalante. She's a mother of two children. She's a coach for the Next Steps program, and she is also a graduate of the Kingsway Leadership School and a coordinator of other multiple local surf projects. So both of these ladies are going to be on at the same time today. Uh, We're going to have them on for both segments doing a shared conversation throughout the whole show because there's a lot of overlap in their backgrounds, but they both have very unique and rich stories. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Karen Escalante and Cynthia Caldwell. Stay with us. We'll be right back. W223CO Atlantic City. Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. 
Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Karen Escalante and Cynthia Caldwell. Ladies, you on the line? Yes. Hello. Hi. Well, first of all, I want to thank both of you so much for taking time out on a Sunday afternoon to be on the program today. You're welcome. Thank you for asking us. Yeah, this is great. Well, ladies, there is a lot I want to talk about in your background and how you are servant leaders in so many different areas. But I think a really good logical place to start is Kingsway Leadership School, because I don't know your perspective, but for me... Kingsway Leadership School is a very formative place to understand, practice, and live out that idea of servant leadership. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Karen, if uh, we could, I'd like to start with you. So, okay. the listeners have heard about Kingsway Leadership School a number of times in the past. Uh, Pastor Phil Caparelli's been on, George and Angie have been on. But I'd like to get your perspective as a student, not part of the lead team. Why you joined KLS? What was appealing about KLS to you? What was your journey like for that? So when I joined KLS, it was um, it was at a point in my life where I was um, I was at a really bad point. I was going through a lot, and um, I was very um, I, w- I I just felt like I was shattered and broken, and and I felt like. I just gave it all up, right? I gave control of everything, gave up control and felt like, all right, I need to draw closer to God. And in hearing about KLS, I had met another one of the uh, ladies that had been in the group, and she spoke to me at an event. And after hearing of, of her experience, I just felt like I needed to join to understand what it was like to be a servant leader and to, um, and to really change my life around. And when did you join, Karen? Excuse me? When did you join? Oh, I joined in, it was, um, 20, it was in 2019, um, August of 2019. And how um, long were you in the school for? Excuse me? How long were you in KLS for? Oh, I was in KLS for two years. Okay. I recently graduated today. And Cynthia, how about you? What is your story on why you joined Kingsway Leadership School? Okay, I joined Kingsway Leadership School because I felt, I've been a Christian all of my life. I think I was born as a Christian, but when I was six years old, I gave my life to Christ. And I literally understood what I was doing as a child by giving my life to Christ and getting baptized. And then um, all through my childhood, I loved the Lord. I, I, you know, I was in... Bible studies and BTUs and all kinds of children activities to, to grow closer to the Lord. And then in my life journey, you know, I end up marrying a, a minister, a pastor. And then I just felt like after he passed away, I was searching. I needed something more. I needed um, to draw closer to God, and I needed to study his word more, but I wasn't successful just doing it on my own or just going to church or going to Bible studies. I, I, I wasn't motivated to really just study like I should. And the scripture in Timothy that, that came, kept coming to me is, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. 
And I said, but God, I, I struggle in that area. I struggle. So, I, so when I came to Kingsway in 2016, I used to hear about, you know, um, well, they didn't have uh, the leadership school in 2016, but shortly after that, they started the school. And I would, you know, like always kind of had an interest in it. I wanted to know what it was about, but I never felt like I was qualified or able to really go. So one year, I think it was in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, I was, uh, was it 19 or 18? I can't remember. But anyway, I decided to, you know, check it out when they would have the orientations or whatever. And um, I think I had gone on a Revo uh, conference with the, with the young people and Angie was setting up a table, and I started helping her set up the table, and I was reading some of the literature. And I said, you know what, I really want to do this. I think it will be a great thing for me to do. I will be supported by a great staff and other people. But then I was feeling a little insecure, too, because I'm older, and I hadn't, hadn't been in school in almost 45 years, you know. So I was a little intimidated by that. But long story short, that's what motivated me. I needed to draw closer to God, and I needed um, to be held accountable to um, studying and seeking God more and, you know, really pressing toward that mark. I love that. Well, it's really interesting that both of you use the phrase, drawing closer to God. And so, Cynthia, I'll start with you this time. Do you feel like your time in KLS did accomplish that objective of drawing closer to God? What did your time in KLS mean to you? Oh, my God. Um, yes, I definitely do. Um, the first year, it was very intriguing. It was very challenging, and I was nervous. I hadn't done papers in a while. I've done lesson plans as a teacher, but being a student, I hadn't done that. But it was I had so much support from you, from Pastor Phil, George, Angie, the entire staff. And then my classmates um, were so supportive. You know, we were all pretty much on the same level. We were a little nervous, but we pressed for anyway. And then, uh, can you repeat exactly what you want me to answer? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just looking for how KLS, uh, you know, what it meant to you, how it changed your life. You know, just what was your overall impression about the program? Okay. Well, it changed my life because it gave me more confidence. I had gone through um, growth track twice, so I realized that the calling I had on my life was not by accident, but I had been doing it all my life, all of my life. I've been a leader. I'm a natural-born leader. That's who God has made me. And I, I realized that being in KLS, I realized my true calling, that this is what I do this is what I've always done, but now I can put uh, some kind of sense to it. If that makes sense to you, I can. Um, God has always tugged at my heart. God has always, I've always found favor with God and man. I've always um, have been one that I can bring people together. And I know it's not me, but it's the Christ that lives in me. I realize it's not of my own, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing that God has literally given me, but I didn't realize that all along, you know, and I think being in KLS and listening to the stories of the other um, people in, in the Bible and really dissecting the Word of God like we, like we do, like we've done, it really gave me some kind of insight of who I am, what my purpose was, 
uh, and I'm on the right track. I'm on the right road. Amen. And Karen, how yeah. about for you? What did KLS mean to you? Um, you know, Paul, it, it really, um, like Ms. Cynthia was saying, it was an opportunity to, at, the, at that lowest point in your life, right, we can make so many negative decisions that maybe turn to things that are destructive. But when you say, when you give God your best yes and you turn and draw closer to Him, um, it, for me, it just represented a journey of, um, of healing, um, healing by serving others and learning more about who our Father is, our Heavenly Father, and, um, and how to be a servant leader. And I think in that whole process, I learned that KLS kind of represented a cocoon where we would go every Wednesday and Sunday. And um, Wednesdays, we were loved on by our church staff. So it would be um, our pastor, um, Angie Pacitti, George, and you, Paul, right? You, were all, you all loved us, and you, you made food for us, and you prepared the room, and then you cleaned up afterwards, and then you helped us yeah. you know, throughout the process. And um, so you nurtured us, and, and you modeled what it is you wanted us to do so that on Sundays, when we went to serve throughout the different uh, worship services that we have at Kingsway, um, that we were able to do the same thing, right? That we were able to serve the community, serve anyone who walked through the front doors of Kingsway with a smile, ready to love them and um, do whatever it, it, would, it takes to help, help them come into the building and have their own personal experience with Jesus. So it was, um, it was really a beautiful journey of healing. Yeah. I love the stories that you guys are sharing, and I really appreciate the heart behind it. But, you know, I, I have to ask now, with all that you've gone through and all that you've learned and talking about this journey of healing and finding your true calling, what blessings did the KLS program bring to you? And now what next steps have you taken now that both of you have graduated from that program? So, uh, Karen, we'll start with you this time. Okay, so yeah, I um, there were so many lessons that we learned. Um, you know, during during KLS, um, we would have our Bible time, our devotional time, and then we had our leadership hour. And during that leadership hour, we just learned so much about uh, prioritizing, about um, how to how to really organize our life. And w one thing that that really sticks out to me. Um, that I, that I really apply is um, living, ha having a personal mission statement. What am I going to be doing, right? Like, how am I going to be preparing for, you know, for myself and the, my kids throughout the next coming years, right? So instead of kind of living life haphazardly and bumping into things, right, I'm, I'm more intentional regarding, all right, so I have like a seven-year plan right now that I'm working on, right? And I'm thinking, all right, so what am I going to do? And and so now at Kingsway, I'm, um, I'm in an internship, and I'm basically learning um, another aspect of what it takes when people want to take their next steps at church, right? And helping them to discern, well, what is that next step, right? Is it that I'm going to serve on this specific team, um, is it maybe that I can lead a life group or maybe they want to be in a different, um, you know, um, 
Kingsway has so many opportunities for individuals to join and really give of their talents and of their time. And so basically helping people understand where where they fit into the overall puzzle of Kingsway so that they can also love other people and be a servant leader. I love it. Cynthia, how about you? Okay. Um, pretty much almost the same thing that Karen has uh, said. Um, it's very important to try to help people because I've noticed a lot of people are not sure of who they are, their relationship with God, how much God loves them, and what to do next. And like Karen said, the next step is so important, going through growth track and then taking that next step. What are you going to do? So many times I've, I've known um, in churches where people just jump into things, but it's not really their calling, you know, um, and they don't really fit. So it's just more like a job or just, but you have to have a compassion. We have to know the word of God and, uh, and have the spirit of God. Because if we don't have both, it, um, it doesn't grow. But if we have both, God grows us and then we'll know what to do. Um, I feel like we need to help people find their way. Uh, even after growth track, help people find their way, introduce them to Christ in another manner. Let them know that studying his word is the answer. Studying his word is the way. Because when we hide his word in our hearts, then we don't want to do some of the things we've done, you know. So it's a growth thing. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got about a minute and a half left before we need to go to a break. So I guess the last question I have for both of you has there been maybe a most memorable moment that you had from the program or maybe just this giant blessing that you received from being in the program? So, Cynthia, let's start with you. Since, uh, we started with Karen last time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was thrilled. I've always liked to serve people, wait on people, do things for people. I enjoy that. But when I was able to do it with my classmates, when we did those serves, when we had those projects, and to see the light that was shown through those um, the mothers and through the families that we served, yes. that was awesome for me. Yes. That was one of the biggest blessings. Even though COVID came in and thought it was going to rob us, we I realized that we were on the battlefield for the Lord. I felt like we were soldiers in the army. And we might have gotten knocked down and, and delayed, but we just got up and we encouraged one another, and we did what the Lord had commissioned us to do. You're, you're, we went out there and we did it through the storm, through the rain, you know, through pain, through tears. We accomplished that. And when you put God first and allow Him to fight the battle, you know the victory is yours. You know we're going to come out a winner at the finishing line. And that's what was so exciting to me, that we were able to do three major projects, but we had to break one down into, into sections. And, oh, my God, the turnout, even when people couldn't come, those who could struggle to come, it reminded me of being in a war. Amen. You know, some soldiers get wounded. Some get, you know, really um, hurt badly. You're speaking but my language, Cynthia. Those who didn't get hurt are those who are hurt, but they're going to press anyway. And that's what we did. We had to 
bring everybody to the fold. You know, everybody was going to win this thing. I don't care if you didn't didn't do anything but pray or didn't do anything but show up once. And that was the highlight to me. It brought a lot of light to me. That brought a lot of uh, joy in my heart because we cared for one another, not only for the project that we were going to do, but we cared for each other. We saw each other's weaknesses, and we didn't judge. Amen. You're speaking my language, Cynthia. I love how you talk about it in terms of a battle. Karen, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Biggest blessing, most memorable moment. Yeah, you know, Paul, um, I, I feel the same as Miss Cynthia in the, in the sense that, um, you know, a lot of what we did was to build a community. So um, we, we joined in, in September, and who would have known months later, right in March, we were going to have a pandemic. And, um, and it didn't matter that there was a pandemic because we still continued. Um, and I hear that, I, I see and I know that many people during the pandemic really lost touch with people, that there wasn't a sense of community happening People were really isolated, but I can say that for me, that was not even the case. I was, KLS gave me a community that surrounded me, that supported me, not just me, but me and my family. And we literally had a COVID community that, you yeah. know, yes. we loved each other, helped each other. Yeah. And I really think that had it not been for COVID, I probably would have been some, experiencing some of that isolation and um, even depression, but instead... This is why I say I healed because I received love and I received love from the leadership at KLS, from the students and from our community. And my children saw that. And so we, you know, I, I hear the data regarding the, the, the impact of um, COVID and, and mental health for individuals. But for our family, we were just so blessed, Paul. And it was just the best experience that um, I've ever been through. And my children, so this, this wasn't for me. It's from my, from my entire family. Yeah. Amen. But ladies, we need to stop for a quick commercial, but we're going to continue this when we come back from the break. We'll continue the conversation with Karen Escalante and Cynthia Caldwell. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run the things we know just stay right And there's a better life There's a better life You got pain He's a pain If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn now, back to Serving Our Nation. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm continuing the conversation here today with Karen Escalante and Cynthia Caldwell. Ladies, thank you for staying on the line. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, so, Paul. So in our first half, we talked about Kingsway Leadership School, and it seems like that really set a foundation for both of you in your journey as servant leaders. Is that a fair statement? Yes, that is so true. Yeah. yeah. So I know for both of you, family is very important. And the family dynamic looks a little bit different for each of you. But I've heard both of you and seen both of you engage with your family in very meaningful ways. So we just briefly share with the listeners how 
you serve your family as a mother and or a grandmother. So, Karen, let's start with you this time. Sure. So um, what I loved about what we were able to do is, um, for me, I had two two um, children. One at the time was uh, um, 12 and my daughter, who was nine. And um, throughout our service our on Sunday, I would bring them along. So they... Um, they got to know that every Wednesday I would come to class from 6.30 to 9.30. And on Sunday, we would all wake up as a family and arrive here at 7.30. And my son would help and my daughter to set up all the different little areas. And so they know where the Bibles are here. They know where to get the water. They know where to, to get the flags to set them up. Like They could do it themselves without me having to give them instruction because they live the experience alongside of me. And um, they know what it is to get up early, and it's it's not a, it's not. Um, well, do you think you're gonna go, you're gonna go to church today? It's a, all right. We're going tomorrow, and we know that when we get when we get there, we're just gonna serve. We're gonna find a place where um, help is needed, and we're just gonna fit right in. Amen. I I love that example, Karen. You know, I I've seen it myself where your kids just show up and they just get to work. I I love that. And I tried to install that in my own kids when we were attending Glassboro and there was so much setup and teardown and it was early, early in the morning. I'd bring them with me and they would help me set up and tear down for hours and hours to get church ready for, you know, the 50 people or whatever it was back then. So I, I love how you lead by example with that. Cynthia, what's your walk with that? Okay, my walk goes way back. Um, my children were PK kids, so... They are used to the press of having to serve, having to make the sacrifice, and do it with a, with a pure heart, to do it with a glad heart. So when they saw that I was serious about going back to school, they encouraged me. My grandchildren, you know, they were excited. I was excited. So it, put a, it made a big impact on my family. They saw the sacrifices that were made. They saw the joy that came from having to do whatever we had to do, getting up early, being persistent. Sometimes, like Karen, I would bring my grandchildren if they were available. And if I had big events, my children even helped participate in, the, in serving or behind the scene where people didn't even see them, but they were right there. And I think in my home, it made a big difference. Because KLS changed my life, it changed my attitude, it made me a better Christian, a better person, a better follower of Christ. So my children and my grandchildren saw that transformation. They saw that light of the Lord shine brighter. You know, it's always shown, but it got brighter through KLS. I became more confident, and by me being more confident and more assertive in doing what the Lord has called me to do, it dominoed and ripped his chain back to my kids and my grandchildren. And, you know, they wanted to be a part of it, and they were excited about it. So it did make a difference in my home. It even made a difference in my community, but I'm not going to jump the gun. Well, that is so awesome because you know, we're called to be salt and light. And the fact that you use those words of being light to other people, it, incredible. I love that, Cynthia. So beyond your immediate family, and Cynthia, we'll start with you this time. How has, we're going to start with you, but the question is beyond your immediate family, how has your transformation 
to becoming a servant leader, how has that affected other people in your circle of life? You know, whether it be people that you work with or your external family members or, you know, maybe people that you see at church. How has your example influenced other people as that light? Well, it really influenced other people and made them uh, recognize that they would make comments like, oh, wow, you're a true woman of God, because there are certain things we had to do. Um, One great example, I remember we had to serve for Mother's Day, and I was asked to set up the little gifts that we wanted to give to the moms. It was just picture frames. And I think Pastor uh, uh, White's wife, Lindsay, had written a poem, and they made a copy of it. And um, so at the end of service, we were passing them out to people. And some people whose parents weren't, um, whose moms weren't around, I, you know, I said, why don't you take one to your mom? Or why don't you send one to your mom? And they said, I never thought of that. But the impact it made on other people around me, we had a few left over. And we were, you know, we had quite a few left over. So I asked if I could take some. And they said, sure. And I took them to my neighbors. And I just dropped them off at the door. I didn't, you know, even talk to them. I just gave them a call or a text, and I sent it. Now, there was one neighbor who had a little attitude, and she had stopped speaking, and, you know, she was just a miserable person. And I was praying. I said, God, how can I reach her? And this is where the leadership school helped me to know that I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm supposed to love it, irregardless of how it's received, you know. And by me dropping that off to some of the neighbors, their attitudes change, their, their perspective change. They, yes. You know, they even take me back. And, you know, so things like that made a difference in, in my little circle of my, in my neighborhood. Amen. And definitely affected my family. And then it just made me um, love people more. You know, at the grocery store, um, you know, at the car wash, wherever I went, it just kind of affected everybody. Well, you know, I love that because John thirteen thirty four. Jesus tells us to love others as he has loved us, that that is the new commandment that he gives us. So I, I love how you're framing yeah. that, Cynthia. Yeah. Karen, what do you think? How has your leadership ex- affected other people outside of your immediate family? Yeah, Paul. So for me, um, I apply a lot of what we learned to my, at my job. And um, I, bring, I bring to our conversations with my partners, um, I, as I work for state government and as a funder, we often have to have um, a lot of tones and conversations with our providers. And um, I approach them with a lens of love and humility and not one out of, um, you know, we're not, I'm not punitive in my approach. And many of them have um, sent me emails actually thanking me for extending them grace. And I even had another ED who um, just called me and, and just shared with me um, how much it meant to, to her that during a difficult time in her life, how I um, was able to be there with her, didn't, was not judgmental, and really was helpful. And I, and I think I owe that all first to God and second to KLS for teaching me how to do that because, you know, four years ago, the approach would have been very punitive and it would have been, um, hey, you know, too bad, so sad. And um, being a KLS really, it just molds your heart. Like you really 
your your heart is transformed and you're not the same. The way you speak to people, the way you connect with them, the way you build relationships, it's just gonna change naturally because, you know, the way that the way that the program is set up, um, you just you learn how to love and not love the way this world tells you to love, but how God wants us to love one another. Amen. And, and I think and I think that's the hardest part for some people, right? Is that we're filled with all these, you know, assumptions and biases of people, and if you don't do this and this, right? But in KLS, it's like, no, we just we just want to love people. And and I think it took, you know, the first year, it was like, well, you know, what is this all about? <laughs> and it's just so beautiful how really God transforms our hearts, and and it's so true. You know, we just have to allow God to come in and read His Word, and it really does have the transformation that He wants to have in us. Amen. I, I love the similarities between your stories, but y- you both have such a heart for loving other people. But we've got about two minutes left uh, in our time together. So if both of you could share in about a minute or less, I know that both of you for Serve Week and during your time in KLS, you both led individual serve projects. So we don't have time to get into the background of exactly what was done and how it was done, because that could take 20 minutes all on its own. But if you would just share why you wanted to lead a serve project and how God blessed you from that, I think that could be really important to our listeners. So Cynthia, we'll start with you this time. Okay, the third project, uh, the reason I wanted to do it is because I love giving back to people, I love serving, and I love being the hands and feet of Jesus. I love um, listening to God and agreeing with His Word. I love um, obeying His Word because I know that's so important. So the third that we did, I was uh, July 10th, which was last Saturday, we did Young Life, and there's Young Life is an organization in Camden that deals with teen moms, ages maybe 14 or 13, maybe 13 to 21. And these are young ladies who have children at an early age out of wedlock. And so many times they're judged, they're, they feel condemned, they feel unloved, they feel conflicted. You know, they, most of the time they're not with the, the young man that they got pregnant by. And there's so many conflicts. So when we invited them to come and just love on them and show them the love of Jesus, it was just so exciting to see how they lit up because at first they were very reserved. They didn't know what to expect. They were very distant. And and I wanted to share Jesus with them. I wanted them to find Jesus. I wanted them to to receive salvation. But I know we couldn't be too pushy, so... We had to show them love in a different way. We had to show them Jesus through feeding them and clothing them and, and allowing them to have fun and activities. And then they opened up and to see the light in their eyes and the smile on their faces and let us know that Jesus lives, he stays, he's alive, and um, it's just a wonderful thing. And they don't have to walk in condemnation. They don't have to walk in shame. They just have to turn from that thing, you know, turn from their their ways, their sins, and turn to God, and he's right there with open arms. And that's all we wanted to share with them. But we had to be the example. We had to uh, uh, be the forerunners of that. Amen. So uh, that was very exciting, and that's how KLS has affected me. You know, it's given me that holy boldness that I need to be able to help someone else. Amen. And not be afraid to do that. Karen, we'll go to you. Minute or less, blessings that 
uh, you've received from your serve project and why you wanted to lead. Yeah, so um, so we held our the community that we served um, was of Haitian migrant farm workers, and um, you know, be, again, being in KLS and learning so much about um, who Jesus connected with, right? It was people who were disenfranchised, people who were marginalized. It was the outcasts, and those are the individuals he befriended. And um, yes, and in thinking about the migrant farm workers, right? There are people that. They come to New, to New Jersey for like a period of seven to eight weeks. They come so fast. They pick blueberries. They live on a farm. They're really invisible to the surrounding community. Um, they're exploited. They have horrible working conditions. Um, their children don't get a good education because they're always migrating from one state to the other following a crop. And so we wanted to um, connect with them to let them know that we um, – that we love them and that we wanted to bless them with, just like Jesus would want us to do, bring them clothes, feed them, play with their children. But most importantly, you know, we build a relationship with them. We would go once a week. Um, we literally worked alongside of them and just spoke to them about um, their lives and what they were doing. We learned that they get paid max $50 a day. They don't have working, um, they don't have bathrooms, they have porta-potties. Um, it could be 50 people in one big room with bunk beds. They don't have air conditioning. They're working outside these long hours. And so we literally would go meet them once a week, bring them water. We brought them pizza one time. Another time we just literally, we ate with them. Like they, they made food and we bought it from them and we just sat with them and ate and and just really got to know them. We established um, really good connections with them and with the with the foreman of the team. Um, and it came to the point where they were texting us, where, where are you guys? You know, you didn't come today. And it was just so beautiful, Paul, right, to just really connect with them and let them know that everything that we did on, on this past Sunday was, was with them in mind. All of the food, all of the clothes, the soccer games, the water games. We had Mr. Saucy go there. Oh. It was just so beautiful, Paul, just to be able to literally be the hands and feet of Jesus on a hot day. Our All of our volunteers and, and the partners at Harvest Church just gave 100% of their hearts with a smile, and no one complained because it was just an event where we had an opportunity to, to love the community. Amen. But ladies, listen, uh, we're about out of time, but I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being on the program. And more importantly than that, I have really enjoyed the time that you two were in KLS and being able to serve alongside you, especially in the serve projects that you described and then you did again during Serve Week. So it has been an honor and a privilege to have you on the show, and I can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you, Paul. I'm Yes, thank you so yes. much, Paul. This has been... It's great. Great. Yeah. Together with Karen and with you. Thank you, ladies. All right. When, when we come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guests. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn 
Now, back to Serving Our Nation. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and as we close out today's show, let's just briefly think about what we've heard from today's guests. There was a lot of commonality that we heard from both Cynthia and Karen, but I think there were some really key themes that I just want to highlight for us. So number one is when you are serving people in faith, when you are living out your faith to serve other people, it has an effect of transforming your life. And when that happens, things happen that you would never imagine. It changes your life. It allows the love of God to permeate in everything that you do. And people see you as a person of God and comment on that and ask, how do I have the kind of joy that you have? And then you heard both women talk about this idea of being salt and light. And when we think about that, really it means for me, what can we do to help others? Salt is there to make food tasty. And so our job is to help make others' lives tasty, if you will, to make their lives enjoyable, to bring them joy, to bring them light, to bring them true happiness, not fleeting happiness from some kind of material possession, but true joy, salt and light. That's what we're called to do. And another thing that they talked about in terms of serving other people through faith is it helps people to figure out who they are, more importantly, whose they are, and what they are meant to do on this earth. Because, as we've talked about a number of times, we all have different motivations, we all have different reasons that we're here. But regardless of what our giftings are, we are all called to take a next step. God always has something more for us, and that something more always involves serving other people in some way. Because again, I will say it again and again and again, when you serve other people in any walk of life, that comes back to you. God will bless that. God will bring that blessing back to you. And the final thing is your next steps. You heard both of them talk about helping people take their next steps. And so really when I think about that, what is the impact that you can have on somebody else's life? Whether it be a family member, a coworker, somebody at your church, somebody in the community where you're serving, what is the impact that you can have on those people? You heard Cynthia and Karen talk about so many different ways that you can serve in your community. You can get up early. You can help set things up at your church. You can do serve projects. The list can go on and on. But at the heart of it all, the central message of their conversation that I heard above anything else was the idea of showing love. And again, I mentioned a couple times in the past, the scripture verse on the logo for this show is John 13, 34. And what that says is a new command I give to you and that is to love others as I have loved you. And if Jesus Christ is willing to die to save the world, 
past, present, and future from its sin, then we should be willing to do just about anything to love and serve other people because those are some big shoes to fill. And that's a really strong example that Jesus Christ has given to us. All right, well, when we talk about putting good into the universe each week and how it brings it back to you, and I just mentioned that a minute or so ago, this week I want to share with you something very personal. So tomorrow, Monday, my son, who's almost 18 years old, is departing on a two-week-long college tour with his mom. And he's going to be literally traveling the East Coast. They're driving up and down the East Coast, looking at different schools where he might want to attend based on different offerings that they have regarding sports and academics and just a number of different variables. But for me, the real blessing is seeing my son grow into a man. For the last 17 years, I have poured into my son. There's been high points where I felt like I was on a mountaintop seeing his accomplishments. And then other times where I felt like I was in a valley and I failed as a father because I made a mistake. But he has grown to the point where he is a strong Christian young man. He is ready to stand on his own two feet. And more importantly, when he goes off to college in just over a year, I know that he will be perfectly fine. He is well-equipped to handle the temptations of this world and all of the struggles of this world. Because what Scripture tells us is you train children up when they were young and you get them walking in the path of righteousness and then when they grow older, they will not depart from it. So to me, that is one of the greatest joys I have poured into my son for years and years and years. And now he is ready to step out on his own, go to college, and be his own man. And I hope the same is true within your own family. I really hope that you are able to pour into your children and see them grow up to be strong men, strong women of God that are able to represent your family well. So for next week, two new, very powerful guests. It's one of the greatest things I love about this show is the opportunity to meet and talk to so many wonderful people. In the first half, I have Lieutenant Stephen Rogers. He's a veteran of both the Air Force and the Navy. He's a retired police detective, and he has served on the Board of Education and City Council within Nutley, New Jersey. In the second half, I have Miss Brenda Swartz. She's a military spouse, a chaplain, and the founder of Warrior Family Ministries. So excited about next week. Listen, I want to remind you to sign up for my Spotify and Apple Podcast mailing list, and you can do that through my website at reverenddrpaul.com. That's R-E-V-D-R-Paul.com. I would also encourage you to check out the show tab on my website for previous episodes of this program and see all the people that have been on the show. As you go about your week, no matter where you're at, I would encourage you to always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening and join us again next week.